2: i <music> Folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs Podcast here at the Athletic Pitchers, Catchers, and Podcasters Report. I workshopped that uh this morning. It's pretty clever, huh? Spent a little time talking in the mirror on that one. I did I did good. It's it's an it's an auditory medium, but I wanted to practice it. You know, I wanted to see how that would look and play. Uh yeah, folks, we're back. We, you know, the offseason is over for baseball teams including the Cubs but also for us here at Antwaveland. I know you guys have missed us desperately on some kind of regular cadence and we will be back on that now. So the the plan for spring training is is an every week once a week kind of deal and then back up to twice a week for the regular season and uh, plan is to stick to that and ultimately, you know, I, I don't want folks to think that our um, you know the the limited podcasts that we put out this off was reflective of the Cubs having a limited off season because they actually had uh, a quite a busy active offseason. season um, and that hasn't stopped. Uh, you know they're still working to potentially add more guys even as spring training begins and having just recently signed Michael Fulmer to add to the bullpen mix. Um, so I I mentioned that here at the top because we're going to talk about the sort of what we're looking for in spring training from the Cubs and how where things stand now um, fair in relation to our offseason hopes and expectations but you know there's still potentially a little more to come and these things will continue to evolve but I think once pitchers and catchers report you kind of have to draw that line and say offseason over season beginning and so that's that's kind of the artificial line we draw and uh, we're going to chat about that stuff and I'm looking right now at Sahadev who's out in Arizona, and he was remarking about the cold out there. But it does—it looks beautiful. You got this beautiful blue sky behind you. I mean, I, I am a little jealous of how it looks. It is. I mean, it's it's chilly for Arizona.
3: I'm not about to complain because I know what the weather is like in Chicago right now. But uh, those first few days were pretty rough uh, coming from Chicago to Arizona. and actually being worse worse weather out here but it's it's beautiful and sunny today just a little little chillier than normal but it's it's going to be great soon enough and and you know it's it's obviously fun to be able to uh to watch guys uh work out and take bp and bull bullpens and all that stuff and you know it, it just it's a nice uh sign that things are starting up right around the corner and we'll have real baseball here soon enough uh you know obviously spring training is what it is and, and there will be a lot of different storylines that will be bandied about over the next six weeks uh but you know it, it's the sign that that the real stuff's about to get started and and we can uh we can see what this offseason really did for this team and how how good they can be because I, I I know I think I think that's everybody's kind of anxious to see what the, what it is like what what is this team how good can they be uh is this just a, a, a slight step forward is this not much of a step forward uh what 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 type of year uh, are the Cubs about to embark on I, I think is is a big question on everyone's mind
0: Yeah, when I entered this Zoom chat room, I was expecting Brett's backdrop to be like the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Charlie has all these conspiracy stuff up against the walls. (laughs) And I just picture Brett staring at various power rankings and projection systems (laughs) and just like slowly losing his mind like on his 10th cup of coffee, like just huge bags under his eyes. Uh, try to get to the bottom of the massive conspiracy against the Cubs in the
2: power ranking projecting space. Uh, yeah, it's not you know, it isn't that far off from the <laughs> <truth>. <laughs> you know. It's sort of like you take this slice of this one and this slice of this one, and you, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, maybe that's where we'll 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 wrap this week's episode but before we get to that let's let's do I guess let's stick a bit with that transition point between the offseason and the start of spring training and obviously um, the the holiday of it is pitchers and catchers report which was uh, yesterday Wednesday for the Cubs and that also included the front office meeting with the media Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer to talk about the offseason that was and the spring training that is to come and Uh, I was curious if you guys had any sort of big reactions to anything that was was said or shared um, at that uh, press conference or um, if it was roughly what you were expecting. Uh,
3: I mean, it was roughly what I was expecting. And I think for me, the biggest thing was Jed just confirming that they're not going to shut down extension talks. This isn't uh, the, you know, he, he talked about how he didn't really want to To do extension Have extension talks leak Into spring training But I I think it's uh, It's clear that he feels It's not going to be a distraction And uh, while he didn't name names Everyone knows it's Nico Horner and Ian Happ I think he said I think he made He may have like Mentioned how a couple of those guys or the two guys he he made it kind of clear that it was two people right it wasn't like there's no surprise extension talk for perhaps like Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson or whatever it doesn't seem like that's the case uh and and today it was nice to hear that yesterday today we we got to go into the clubhouse again and uh both nico and hap were available i, I talked to nico a little bit about it uh talked to hap about it and and it, you know it, it's it's not too dissimilar from where it was i think neither guy is at a, a point where they're upset about where things are uh they're they're both uh, realistic about how this works out how this how this could go in either direction Um, so it's I think that's the storyline for the spring for the Cubs is is watching those two extension pieces can can they get either of these done I think uh, we've we've talked a lot about how Nico makes all the sense in the world to extend uh, whether it gets done this spring next offseason whatever I think it makes a lot of sense for them to extend him Uh, we'll see what the thinking is if if they get something done with Hap I I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out because I straight up asked him. You know, Devers signed an extension. Uh, it sounds like Machado wants to stay in San Diego. How much does that factor into how you your discussions with the Cubs? And and he he admitted he's like that's huge. He's like, of course it factors into it. He's like, you have to you have to take all those things into it. He's very aware of all this stuff. Everything that we're weighing and talking about when when it comes to whether it makes sense or not. Ian Happ's aware of all that stuff. This is not something that's going to come to him as a surprise. It's like, oh, the Cubs have a lot of outfield prospects. Oh, the you know, the market's going to look really good for me if I have a good season. He knows. He knows all this stuff. He's He's well aware.
0: Yeah, I definitely got a kind of Groundhog Day feel to kind of watching and listening to the press conference yesterday of just, you know, not even... Uh, from what Jed had said since the end of last season, and what the players had said at Cubs convention, it's it was this ritual of Theo and Jed would have their press conference, and you know we really value these guys, and you know we have an open dialogue, and then the players say, "I love playing in Chicago. There's nowhere better than Wrigley Field," and then they're all gone. So I, I just. And this doesn't even come with the same weight as those guys. I mean, Nico Horner and Ian Happ are, are good players. They're quality, above-average Major League players that you would want on your team. They're uh, intelligent guys who represent the team well. But I don't get any sort of like uh, you know fan outrage if this doesn't get done. I think, if anything, I think there's some curiosity in terms of like, okay, can Ian Happ do this again. You know, his career has been marked by some really high highs and some low lows, and I do think he'd be a good guy to bet on. I just think that the kind of – in terms of making this a huge story, it's just harder to get worked up over. And to your point, Sido, I think Nico feels the same way about the short start market. It's like, why should I take some – Deal when I, I see what competent Major League shortstops get. And I if I have one good season that's close to uh, Dansby Swanson and with these new rules in place, like, I don't know, the sky's not the limit, but it's uh, a lot higher than we thought uh, only a few months ago. And I, just to kind of wrap it up, I do think there's – you see the momentum in a place like Atlanta where they, like, get a deal done, like, another deal done – and all of a sudden guys look around like, hey, we have it pretty good here. Let's do it. The, the front office gives a little. Um, while every situation is unique, I think it's pretty obvious that the Cubs have negative momentum uh, on this front of like trying to get an extension done. Like, There's more eyes on it. There's more curiosity. Um, players talk. Um, and Jed has already signaled like he wants to drop this at some point Indefinite point in the future because he saw what happened with Anthony Rizzo. So I don't know a lot a lot going on there that I don't know if I don't know if you had to bet, Brad. Do you think either one of these get done? Uh,
2: well, you know, if I say yes, then I'm just the, the fool who hasn't been paying attention the last five <laughs> years. And I think uh, you know what's interesting is the extent to which. I think you're right that if you evaluate these two players um, divorced from any other context and you imagine a world where the Cubs don't get an extension done. Well, that conversation looks pretty easy. It's well, you know, you got a guy who's been a pretty good hitter, but kind of inconsistent and he's left field where maybe that's. The easiest to replace in the outfield, and the Cubs' prospect depth is really strong in the outfield, so I could understand that. Uh, and then Nico Horner, it's like, well, he's moving to second base, and and that's again, that's an area where maybe you want a little more offensive output, et cetera, et cetera. And and there's still two years left, and and all this, um, but I think you can't divorce it from the context of exactly what the the joke there at the start of my answer alludes to, which is the Cubs have not been able to. We're not been willing to extend players at the level that would have been required to get deals done uh, for the last several years. And I think for me personally, I could probably make the argument in each of those cases, why it was understandable and, or not a bad thing that it didn't get done. But in the aggregate, it's sort of like, wow, Hey, this is a team that uh, doesn't really extend anybody. That's like, that's an identity that has developed, uh, like you were saying, Mooney. And so because of that context, it's kind of like if they don't get an extension done with one of these two guys, given what has developed as, as expectations on that front among fans, I think there will be a lot of gnashing of teeth. Um, and it it would be justified only in the sense of it, it feels like a continuation of that negative momentum uh, that that you've got a front office that... For whatever reason, it, if it's a matter of having to always win um, these deals, I, I, I wonder if that's what it is. And sometimes sometimes I think you have to be willing to put it yourself in the bigger context and make a decision that, you know what, we kind of need to get this get a get a first deal done to sort of pair who we want our identity to be with uh, the. Guys, you're bringing in externally over the next several years. Like the thing I think about a lot is extending Nico Horner after signing Dansby Swanson to a huge deal, which kicks Horner over to second base, which he of course is happy to do. That's that's who he is. He wants to win. I think that sends a message. To other players, to other players in the organization, to younger players, to the fans—all of these things, sort of about what you care about, what you value—that I think probably has value beyond the individual player. So that's that's kind of where I land on this. And I, I, so I do as a fan. I very much hope. I would love to see both guys extended, even if I could make an argument why it's okay if they don't. Um, so I'm, I'm watching that very closely. Yeah something that
3: i i think about and i don't know how much of a factor this is and i and i need i need to look up the data on it to see if i'm accurate on this but I'm, i'm trying to think like what big market teams do really get these extension done extensions done regularly right are the dodgers extending a lot of guys obviously they got bets right that's a different situation the cubs don't have a mookie bets on this team right now when it comes to boston big issue until they got devers the cubs don't have a devers right now either the yankees don't extend a ton of guys that i maybe i'm missing something maybe i'm forgetting something but i don't think the yankees do it much the red Sox, the mets don't really extend guys they spend obviously we know that But do they extend a ton of guys? Uh, Like I said, the Dodgers and the Cubs kind of fall into that mix. How many of these guys in Atlanta are saying, well, I love it in Atlanta. And the reality is, if I want to stay here, I'm going to have to take this deal. When Ian Happ and Nico Horner say, the reality is, they have all the money in the world. They can pay me what I want. That's so they can. It's a different. I wonder if it's a different mindset, right? Like they they haven't come out and said that. Uh, But but I do wonder, like. Alex Anthopoulos gets all these props. I mean, these these players are re- agreeing to ridiculous deals. You think Jed Hoyer wouldn't <laughs> want to hand out some of the deals that that these guys have have agreed to in Atlanta? It's it's not like Jed Hoyer isn't offering similar stuff. I would think so, right? Do you think he'd he'd give uh, he'd give Nico Horner, Ozzie Albee's deal? I think so. I think he'd he'd uh, you know he'd be <laughs> celebrating if he could get him to sign Ozzie Albee's deal. Uh, but but it's so it's I, I don't. I don't want to take away I don't want to say there's no fault for the Cubs front office I do believe that um, there's something to be said for kind of like breaking the seal and building some momentum there Uh, you know I totally agree with what Brett's saying as far as you get one guy and set an example and like others are like huh what are we building here and part of it is I mean Atlanta kind of started doing it while they were winning right they they were winning at the time and it, there's all these little factors that i think are playing against the cubs and and their ability to sign extensions uh and and i do wonder how much being in a big market kind of says to the players like i don't like look at this offseason look at this team that i'm playing for uh they can pay me more I, i'm worth more uh nico horner and, you know, I, I wondered in, in a piece that I wrote, like, does it make more sense for him to be aggressive to sign now because he's coming off a stops season? But Nico Horner is so confident in himself and his abilities that he's always a shortstop in his mind. Yeah, am I playing second base? Sure, but you know I can play shortstop. You know, if anything happens to Dansby Swanson, I'm the guy that's going to play there, right? So it, it's not. It may not be the best argument in contract negotiations, but he's gonna he's gonna look at himself as a shortstop whether he's playing there or not.
0: Yeah, I think the only, I guess, issue with that would be like maybe the Dodgers don't extend everyone, but like the Cubs don't spend like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox historically, the Cubs don't have a farm system as good as the Dodgers or, you know, the Cardinals, whatever. And the Cardinals have obviously kind of invested in some of those intangibles that Brett was talking about. And I kind of go back to the old Andrew Freeman quote about free agency. If you want to be rational about every free agent, you'll finish third every time. And if, you want to be rational about every contract extension, you're probably not going to get uh, anyone signed. And that's kind of what's happening here. Um, So, And I I think, you know, you kind of, why you look up and see how barren the Cubs were not that long ago after being flush with uh, all this talent and being back in a place where you have to give, Dansby Swanson a contract that I don't think he was dreaming of only a couple months ago and you need a left-handed hitting power first baseman who plays great defense like I wonder you know the Cubs used to have a guy like that not that long ago so I don't know the Cubs just have to be right once again that you know no one cares if you've got great players coming up and pushing these guys out and then the Braves have had a lot of that i guess we'll see how they replace swanson but they've been not just with the extensions but they've been very aggressive and creative in in a lot of different areas to turn their roster over and not kind of rely on just one avenue and you know it will be just kind of fascinating to see like who blinks first on this or if they just play it out or if it's Probably the most logical one would be that Hab becomes a free agent, signs somewhere else, and Nico eventually signs that extension, uh, even if it happens, you know, into the season. I think Rizzo's extension was like a May-June type thing in whatever year
2: that was, was. 2013. And Castro was August.
0: Yeah, I mean, things happen. And it's just funny, too, because – You know, Theo, and when Jed was there too, the Red Sox had a great reputation for kind of locking up someone like John Lester. And then they left, and then they totally fumbled those negotiations, which brought him out to Chicago. So, I don't know, this could be re- rewritten pretty quickly. It's just that they need to, they need to win. A winning will fix everything on this one.
2: Yeah, I think last thing I would say is... Um, A very good point in any time we talk about this extension stuff to remind folks, and this is me telling myself, almost reminding myself that the Braves uh, have kind of broken the market in that respect. You can't really compare a team to what the Braves have done in terms of extensions over the last three or four years, because it's I don't know that we've ever seen uh, a team doing it like they do, which and there are really unique market factors to why. Atlanta being the only really good team in that area of the country um, that they're able to retain a lot of talent and and bring in a lot of guys that they can target and trade that they know will want to extend. And then moreover, we as Cubs fans and every individual team fan does this, you kind of compare your team to the rest of the league. And it's like, well, I see extensions happening. I see them happening around the league. And it's like, well, that's 29 other teams combined. Yeah, there are going to be some some young extensions happening if you're looking at 29 teams and comparing them to one. Uh, there are probably, as Sahadev noted, lots of teams that haven't signed extensions in the last three, four, five years. Uh, we We tend not to remember that, I think. Again, probably because of the unique circumstances of the Cubs winning with that core and then not extending them. And again, where I land, I think, is that I, I don't know how wrong the Cubs were to, to toe the line on where they made the offers that they made and then held firm. And I don't know that they were wrong, but how how much do you have to just win? You know, it's like how, how, how not the win that Mooney is talking about, once the Cubs start winning, then a lot of this discourse changes. But I mean, in every single contract negotiation do you have to win um looking for an assist with your credit card
1: but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right
2: Okay. So we'll leave that there. It's going to be that that is going to be among the storylines for the spring. These, these potential extension talks, and maybe if some surprise comes along, because we certainly didn't see the David Bodie extension coming when it landed. And I think with Kyle Hendricks, uh, it was a subject of of discussion for a while, but I don't know that it was seen as like a a, a definite thing until it happened. And so who knows, maybe there'll be a, a surprise. Uh, what else, I'll put it to you guys to, to start this, is something, we don't got to get deep on this because we're going to have weeks to get into these things, but like is is something right now at the start of spring training that you are looking ahead over the next several weeks to be like, this is, this is a storyline or a player or a position or a roster area that I'm looking to follow and, and kind of maybe you want to write some more about it or you want to think about it, or you want to talk to some people about it. Um, you know, what's an area that's in- of interest to you looking ahead?
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm curious how they'll handle third base, uh, playing time there. I'm curious how, uh, how they're going to look at the fifth starter spot. I, I think, you know, when you have options, uh, both, both options as far as choices and options for the players to be sent down, it, it, uh, kind of clarify some things uh, to a degree and and you know as much as Wisniewski impressed at the end of last year do you let him just uh, you know go to AAA, uh and and kind of monitor his workload and and he's obviously going to be a big part of this team at some point as long as he's healthy and effective uh and just give Adrian Sampson a a long leash at at the fifth starter spot those types of things I'm curious about and and just always like Who's changed something, right? Who we've already talked to Jameson Tyon about his his new sweepy slider that he he's uh, going to introduce into his arsenal. Well, you know, well, there's going to be other guys that has um, he said it's something. working. By the way has he, he we, we just talked to him today he says it's inconsistent there's one day that okay. he'll go out there and he'll be like yep that's it it's it's my new best pitch and there's another uh another day where he's like what is wrong with this thing but he's really i mean he's going i'm gonna be talking to that guy a lot like i just had a <laughs> conversation with him for a good 10 minutes where uh we were both like okay i think we're gonna enjoy talking to each other because i i asked the type of questions he likes to uh dig into and he just went on and on so fun um definitely has a lot a lot to say and a lot of interesting thoughts on how he's going to grow as a pitcher with the cubs so that type of stuff is fascinating to me like can any of this does any of it matter is it is any of it going to matter come april and may we'll see i you know some of this stuff is just for fun and interesting and and these changes are really hard to implement uh when it comes to game time but uh it's, it's always fascinating to see what types of changes players are trying to make. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask him today, but, I mean, Dansby Swanson brought it up unprompted at his introduction uh, presser that he wants to improve offensively and reduce his strikeouts, so what's he doing to do that, you know? It, can he do that? Those types of things are what fascinate me, uh, like digging into the nitty-gritty. So we'll see where it goes, uh, but it, it's it's always been interesting for the Cubs, the last few years, their pitching has been getting a lot of love. Their pitching infrastructure, I should say, is it gets a lot of love uh, internally. It, will it start getting more love externally? Will 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 we see these things start to really pay off? Where it's more than just uh, at the deadline. They're you know they're they're, they're the team everyone goes to because they have some breakout relievers or whatever it may be. Uh, I, I'm curious how it pays off.
0: Brett, I thought your colleague Michael had a good story the other day kind of column just to his (laughs) thesis was basically i want the cubs to be relevant again and i don't know if we took it for granted at that time because theo epstein arrived in chicago as a future hall of famer and joe madden was already a star manager and these prospects did not exactly sneak up on people since they were you know top of the first round type talents baseball america's number one farm system everyone was familiar with 1908 but I thought he really pulled it together well things we've talked about for a long time things that we've written about in different spots and candidly if I think I, if I wrote that story I would have had like 20 commenters being like enough with the past this is rehash so <laughs> I, I enjoyed reading it I think it, it was not my place to write it but that's what I want to see like what is this because we've talked about the plan we've talked about theoretical stuff. Uh, We've talked about ideas in scouting and player development that take time. So, like, what does that look like? Um, Who are these personalities that, you know, whether it's a Dansby Swanson who has a great reputation uh, as a leader, or or Jamison who's talking to Sahadev today, like Trey Mancini. I mean, these are people who are widely regarded as, like, great clubhouse presences. And so I want to see what that's like kind of um you know i think this is the year a new hitting coach is going to make a big difference just just kidding just kidding kidding. um i think dustin kelly is very accomplished uh well widely respected hitting instructor and so are the 12 other guys they hired to help him out in that department um but yeah like what is this and that's something um, that's obviously hard to uh, figure out on the second day of spring training, much less from uh, Chicago uh, reading side of story and watching a press conference and seeing uh, faraway photos on Twitter. But to me, I think obviously it's our job to like look at the nitty gritty and follow this closely. And obviously, I, I enjoy that, but there comes a point in early February, middle of March where people who are not hardcore baseball fans who are like, hey, are the Cubs going to be any good this year? Like, even people who read our stuff or just, you know, people don't obsess about it. Like, that's what they want to know of just, like, is this going to be worth it to, like, go to a game this year? Or, like, will will there be a second half to kind of follow this year? And I think uh, this is clearly lowering the bar, but I think that's what the Cubs absolutely have to deliver on this year, that – this has to be, like, a competent Major League operation for longer than a couple weeks or a couple months. Like, this has to be a wire-to-wire season where the Cubs are relevant. And that doesn't have to be mean, like, 60 Minutes is coming in and doing stories and they're getting, you know, ESPN the Magazine profiles and, you know, MLB Network documentaries. No, but they just have to, like, people in Chicago – across the country, like, talking about and following them again in, like, a meaningful way.
2: Yeah, I think that's well put. And I think that it's <clears throat> it it circles back to the conversation about what the Cubs did or didn't accomplish this off season. because what I struggle with when I get asked, either directly or indirectly, you know, hey, are the Cubs going to be any good this year? And uh, what's challenging is I can look at what was done this offseason and say – that it was a good offseason. Uh It was productive in the sense that the Cubs addressed a whole lot of areas that needed addressing. And I believe they did so in a positive way. Did they do enough? Did they do as much? Did they get to that, that on paper 85 win level that I have been talking about for so long and that I thought was sort of the really aspirational goal for this offseason? No, they didn't. Um, and so at some level that's disappointing, but, I think the problem or the problems, the wrong word, the the difficulty in answering the question of, OK, but are the Cubs going to be any good is, you know, I can talk about the offseason. I can talk about the pitching infrastructure. I can talk about the young players. I can talk about, you know, some surprise upside and this and that. But ultimately, whether the Cubs are going to be competitive or not comes down to a whole lot of questions that we don't have a lot of visibility to in terms of how the cubs think they will be successful i think it's in the way they've constructed this roster and in the work that's been done the last three years to revamp player development and revamp their focus on run prevention it it makes it very difficult to say yeah they're gonna win 90 games and here's why because there's just so much that's like well if they're right about this or they're right about that or they're right about their deference to to defense in this new era, yeah, they, they might be decent. Um, and that's not a particularly sexy answer for people, to your point, Mooney, about, you know, there's, there are a lot of more casual fans that I think have faded in their fandom the last several years because the cubs have given them plenty of reason to fit you know it's it i don't blame these folks um and so if you want to get them back on board and you want to get them coming back out to wrigley field or watching on marquee or um you know interacting with folks like us i think you got to win a lot of games and i think you're gonna have to do it for several months in order to really get people saying well how are they doing this and is this sustainable and so you know that's where I land and I know there's probably a lot of even podcast listeners right now they're like well that's a really unsatisfying conclusion to the question of are the Cubs going to be any good this year and how does that relate to the offseason and how does that relate to what we're watching in spring training but that's just the reality that's the reality of what's being remade right now in the Cubs because it's not a roster that you can look at and say well there's seven superstars in this roster of course they're going to be good that's not how the Cubs are going to be good if they're going to be good this year Right,
3: and th- that's—I mean—you talk about projection systems, and what—what what do projection systems like? They—they they like established, you know, an established history of production, right? Uh, and th- it, obviously, there's a little bit more to it, and, and I think. Uh, what the Cubs are doing with their pitching staff currently is going to be disliked by projection systems because there's just not a lot of bat missers. And when you don't have like a, a true ace or a few, like a a bunch of guys at the front of the rotation who miss a bunch of bats projection systems are going to be down on that as well. Right? So there's a, there's a few things going on there like that, that, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, his last three years aren't good, aren't that good. So that's what projection systems look at. Seiya Suzuki has no history. He has one year of of pretty good production, nothing great. Can he be great? Uh, Possibly. But no projection system is going to say he's great. He looks like a tank now, man. (laughs) Of course he's going to be great. I mean, they they just don't have a history of success with the roster they've created. Is it... uh, When I say that, I mean... it's not that they've created a bad roster. I, I don't think there's any quick fixes. Not, And again, I, we've talked a lot about adding a superstar. Could they have done that? Sure. I, I, I don't know how much that changes their projections. Because go look at Texas's projections. Uh, they have a ton of superstars. I'm pretty sure most people are picking them. Whether it's a you know whether it's actual projection system or just a, you know someone uh, like one of us saying this is where I see the the Rangers ending up. It's about worse than the Cubs. So it, it's just a, you know there's no quick fix here. They I think we've we've said this a lot and I I believe it. I, I think this year probably ends up without the playoffs for the Cubs, but that I don't think, I think there's a scenario where it could be looked at as really, really nice step forward and things are going well and and the future is bright but that's unsatisfactory I think to fans and I understand why like if this team ends up with 81 83 wins that's nice that's fine right if if you're if you're Jed Hoyer if you're David Ross you can understand why if you're seeing the right things if say Suzuki puts up a really good offensive season if if guys come up from the minor leagues if Miguel Amaya is healthy if Brendan Davis is healthy if Caleb Killian comes in and pitches 80 innings or something like that uh, quality innings things like that 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 you're not really looking at right now that suddenly happen then then you can say wow okay 24 25 this is gonna look good but i don't i don't see how we can how i can say that and give any fan any comfort with that because that's not what they want they don't want to hear about that anymore they had to that there was already a rebuild a decade ago they don't want to hear about steps forward they want to hear about october baseball and i get that so i uh, like this this season is they when you start hearing guys talk about when you start hearing uh, Jed talk about we need breakouts we need this that and the other when you hear about um, we got a lot of guys that baseball guys we we got guys that that know how to play the game we're gonna do the little things what what they're saying is yeah we we don't have an obvious on paper playoff roster that's just i mean that's what they're saying they're 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 kind of dressing it up and that's fine that i i'm not saying the cubs screwed up this offseason or it's not acceptable i'm just saying realistically here this is a 500 500 ish team that is going to have to surprise in various ways and and to, to kind of get into the playoffs because this is not an obvious playoff roster. I
0: rem- that's why I think this season could be very sneaky interesting because a lot of things could go right and a lot of things could go very wrong. And I realize that in the middle of February we're supposed to be optimistic, but I always remember um, – Alex Spear wrote a great book on the Red Sox. I believe it was called Homegrown, and it, it talked about the 2013 team, uh, which won a World Series with a couple of guys named you know, David Ross, Ryan Dempster, um, and really it was supplemented by a group of kind of under-the-radar, kind of middle-tier free agents trying to dress up the product. But one of the things that Boston uh, internally had talked about was – projections in a big market like boston if you have any sense of momentum it could be really exaggerated one way or the other so that if you catch fire it can take you a long way but negative stuff can really snowball in a hurry in a way that it simply doesn't in i don't know pittsburgh or atlanta wherever and that's why i do think this is a really like interesting mix of elements here when you have uh, an old slash new front office, uh, a popular player slash, um, you know, uh, emerging manager, Uh, you have young players, you have some big money players, you have guys on short-term deals. Like there's, uh, it's going to be an interesting mix And we'll have to let it play out, but I think that'll be good to keep in the back of your head uh, while we see all the, uh, you know, the the sunshine and the -the over-the-top optimism that um, it might not be good for the Cubs or for Cubs fans. But I think for our purposes, this could be a really, like, fascinating roller coaster type of year.
2: Yeah, you can't ignore the fact that for every 80th percentile outcome that you want to dream on for a particular guy, there's also a 20th percentile outcome that is just is statistically likely. And um, I don't have any problem with fans focusing on the positive possible outcomes right now, either at an individual player level or a team level. I guarantee I'm going to be doing it myself over the next several weeks. Like the first time Cody Bellinger hits a home run in a Cactus League game off of some guy who's going to be pitching at double A in the bullpen, <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to dance. It's going to be great. That is that is part of the fun. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But it is, it is important to remember that that is not necessarily predictive of of what's going to happen. Uh, and the other thing is every team has A lot of reasons to be like, well, if this happens and if this happens, we could be surprisingly good. And the Cubs aren't alone in that, even if they maybe are a little more at the extreme end of that. I think we're we're all wrapped. The last thought that I have is just to say I get the sense from you guys. And I know this is true for me, too. I think back to a lot of the conversations we had in spring training last year. And it was, you know, ah, you know, the Cubs, maybe they put themselves in a 10% chance to, to you know, if everything goes right, they can compete. And, um, But it's, it's pretty unlikely. And I think we are talking about this season in a somewhat similar way, because I don't think any of the three of us would predict uh, a playoff team for the Cubs this year. Uh, and we would agree that a lot of things would have to go right for the Cubs to make the playoffs this year. But we could see it being more likely this year than last year that this is a competitive team uh, leading up to the trade deadline. Like I think you guys would agree with me if I say, I think it's a lot less likely that by the time July rolls around, we're all we've got to talk about are, well, who are the pieces that the Cubs might be able to flip? I think that still could happen. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, folks, that, that could happen. But I think that's a lot less likely than it was the last two years. Yeah, I think
3: optically, you really want to avoid that. Like, that's, yeah. that's something that, <laughs> I, yeah, like, you just don't, I, even if you're, like, even if you don't truly believe you're in it, but if you're close... Uh, I think it's just a bad look to sell at the deadline. You Especially if you don't have great pieces smaller to sell anyway. You know, like yeah, just yeah. just
2: hold on to guys. And, I mean,
3: right, right. It, it's it's just a, you know I think fans are over it, and and I I don't think it's a great message to the team that what they what they're trying to set up here. Um, and overall, I just think in in general, beyond, beyond whether they're competing or not. we talk about how this is a big year as far as what what needs to happen with the Major League team. I think organizationally it's a big year. We we talk about this deep system. Um, They need to continue to take a step forward. They need to they need to find a star or someone needs to come close to being a star in that system. I I just think organizationally, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about and now it's time like, okay, let's see it. Oh, oh, you've created a lot of pitching depth. Okay. When, when some injuries pile up, let's see it that, we talk about this floor all right I don't want to hear about injuries meant that early on in the season it led you to a 70 win season and and you couldn't climb out of a hole because you have depth you talk about all the depth uh same on the position player side there's guys need to start producing at a higher level or producing at the major league level we need to see the results that uh, all of us have talked about for a while now but throughout the organization I think a lot of things need to go uh it's not that there's a disaster scenario there's obviously a disaster scenario but um it's just that you you want to see positive steps forward all throughout the organization this year and i uh i, I think that that could really set them up nicely for the future but it, it's not nothing it, it's it's hardly guaranteed They they don't have this type of Un- unbreakable system that that's, uh, you know, just churning out top-tier talent just yet. Uh, that's the goal, but they're, they're not there yet.
0: Brett, I've already envisioned this spin zone scenario in which, you know, the Cubs trade in Hap, but Brennan Davis is healthy, and then they'll say, look, you know, we traded Scott Efros and got Hayden Wisniewski. There'll be some sort of uh, kind of sleight of hand there. I think that's that would be the very... Narrow possibility that we would be talking about um, that they could try to justify that, but otherwise, yeah, you gotta you gotta give this team some run. Uh, and to your points out of the pitching depth should be there um, as long as the bullpen doesn't like implode this year that we thought it would the last several years.
2: All right, we'll leave it there uh, for this week. This is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Get theirs at The Athletic. And uh, we'll be coming at you weekly throughout spring training. Uh, Really looking forward to following some of these storylines that we have talked about and developing them a little more deeply as we get back to it. Uh, And we just appreciate you guys uh, coming back to listen to us for another year. And we look forward to... um, know any thoughts that you might have hit us up on twitter if you're still on twitter and you want to shout at us about these things come at us and we will talk with you all again soon take care